Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Abs. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir. In California, here we come. <laughs> We're back in the OC. It's a teen. Also, this is a teen drama fan cast. I'll say my actual thing I'm supposed to say, <laughs> which I have not said in weeks. I just say nonsense now. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, this. I guess if you want to say that, this is a teen drama fast cast because Ooh. you have a play you got to go to tonight, and we're recording it just before that. Yes. <laughs> Because I was going to be over here earlier, and then I went to our mom's house, and she has been alone for too long, <laughs> which sounds bad. But Your dad's just out of town. Yeah, our dad's on like a fancy camping trip. Yeah. Nope, not camping. He's Doing golfing stuff. with his friends. Yeah, camping. Uh, <laughs> yesterday, I did something that I've only ever seen on TV, uh, though I know exists obviously in real life. But it was a, it was a friend of mine's birthday. Uh, and they uh, invited us to this place. I had no idea what it was because I was just like, yeah, I'll go to your birthday. I don't know what's going on. I'll go to the place you told me to go <laughs> to. to. Go, yeah, you told me to go to some place. I'll go there. Uh, then I arrived there. It was a teppanyaki place. <gasps> You've never been to one before? No, no. It's something that we're like, I feel like you see it on T. You see it in fiction a lot, but it only ever appears in two like kind of modes. Either a sitcom that's kind of making fun of the fact that it's teppanyaki or a uh like crime movie where they're doing crime there. So I very briefly may have dated a guy I went to high school with. Yeah. I'm still not sure. Okay. But we hung out several times and one time I went to his house and watched a movie and he kissed my shoulder once. And one time I went to his bar and he gave me drinks and then kissed me. So I may have been dating this human. All right. But we went on a date yeah. to a teppiyaki. Japanese village? Uh, no. Oh. Okay, anyway, oh, tell your omo, story. Um, umu, umu? Oh, umu, sushi. And also teppiyaki. Yeah, I mean, the mo- the big- yes, they all- there's also sushi there. But, I mean, the big thing is they have the teppiyaki grills. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was, ver- that was very interesting. It was very delicious, very good. Also, like... I, it was something that once I got there, I'm like, oh, no, how much is it going to cost? It actually was really... It's very reasonable. Considering how much you get, like, you like you go there and you order... Essentially, you order the meat you're going to get. But then yeah. they give you um, soup, salad, the a whole bunch of whatever you... And I ordered sliced beef. Uh, mm-hmm. like a whole bunch of that. And uh, you get just some shrimp with it and a bunch of, like, other veg, like grilled vegetables. And it's, like, thirty two ninety nine. $26 for the, Ooh. Um, for the sliced beef one. And by thirty two ninety nine, I mean thirty two ninety five because this is Canada and that's how much things cost. <laughs> I mean, no. The, $26, that's so reasonable. Yeah, like, it, it's reasonable enough that I'm like, let's, like, because, you know, you, you, you set up restaurants to sort of be, like, where... Where they fall, like a, like a bolero is a. This is expensive, but you get a lot, but and it's filling. This is a this is a special special event. Yeah, yeah. Our dad's sixtieth birthday. Yeah, things like that. Or you're like, hey, we're gonna go there next weekend. Yeah, for fans of this podcast, the time that we recorded it and we were full of meat. <laughs> That's the day we went to Bolero. Yeah, that was yeah because that's a uh, Brazilian style. We really walk around with the meat on swords. Yeah. Um. But I, I classified this one. And then, of course, there's on the other end, which is like, let's go to McDonald's. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't mm-hmm. cost a whole lot. And you can pretty much decide that about this. As you're driving past, you can be like, let's just stop there. Oh, let's get that. Yeah. This is something that, that, that I would put along the, li- along the lines of, like, 
obviously a nice night out, but not to a Bolero level of you have to prepare for. This could be like your 32nd birthday. I mean, it could just it could just be like your friends decide to go out that weekend. That's be- true. Because it is not that expensive, honestly, um, considering all is happening with it. And it's 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 cool. It's cool to see. Um, I think about there were about four birthdays going oh, on at the yeah. same time. <laughs> so it was just like... We sang happy birthday, and the people across from us, and the people down the <laughs> down like, on the other side of the restaurant, and another one over there. Uh, people across from us, it definitely was the birthday for, like, the three-year-old. Um, there, That three-year-old did not like fire. <laughs> <laughs> so this was not a great location for their birthday. The other ki- like, so there was, like, a three-year-old and probably kids who were, like, seven or eight. They loved fire. That three-year-old <laughs> did not like fire. Well, it's a good thing that three-year-old has never been to this house that we burned down last week. <laughs> there was this, they started with doing the thing where they do just a big, like, flame thing. You know, sort of just the impressive, like, ah, I oh, put yeah. the oil down and... And the kid, I just saw the the baby just... It was a baby, let's be clear. It was a three-year-old. Yeah. Who was just turning three. It was just They're like... They're essentially babies. It was just like, ah! <laughs> like, not crying, but, like, the look on the face was like, why are we here? Why do we like this? That's just fire. That is just fire. So did you get to see the thing where they stack up the onions and then set that on fire? Uh, no, they didn't do they didn't do that. He they guy did a few. Uh, he did like you know the tricks, the utensils, and um, he did you know all the the all the cooking stuff. Like yeah, like yeah, it, yeah. it was it, like, it was cool. It was cool to see, um, and it was very delicious. Like even if they had just cooked that in the back somewhere, that was a a lot. Like it was a lot of very delicious food. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. I'm yeah. glad you got that experience, Kevin. Yeah, that's a cool thing. Last night, I ordered an original Joe's through Skip the Dishes and had some boxed wine. That works as well. All right, well, let's get into our uh, into our show. I guess I could have set, lay, left that for our middle thing, but whatever. Oh, the thing that brought you joy, teppiyaki. Yeah. <laughs> I'll figure out something else. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I keep forgetting that, that is our, that's the new thing we do. It's no longer about what you drink. Well, I am drinking something. No. Uh, <laughs> let's get into the show because we're doing the OC. We're back into another place of no, not joy. Uh, hey, this is uh the OC season three episode one, the aftermath. So let's quickly remind you, audience, where we were a few weeks ago. Well, a few... It was a few weeks ago because Riverdale takes too many breaks. Two months ago? Maybe even less. I I know Um, Riverdale did do a push, but I wouldn't say six weeks ago we saw this. Okay. Well, summarizing, people were drunk, people were dead, (laughs) and poor Trey got way too high and did an unforgivable act, and then almost killed his brother. Yeah, and then was shot by Marissa. Saving um, her Ryan. I was reminded by the fact that Trey, that no one in the show knows how to de-escalate <laughs> situations. <laughs> Just raise situations over and over. You know, like, don't get me wrong, it's a very, like, like uh, man, emotionally filled scene. It's easy to say things when you're sitting at a distance, but all I can remember that is that thing where Marissa does nothing except, like, gun, person, gun, person, shoot the person with the gun. I mean, to be fair, and Trey t- is holding up that telephone to bash Ryan over the head No, no, it. yeah, no, it's the same thing with that. Like, Trey and Ryan are like, hey, dude, hey, dude, 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 dude. And then, <laughs> then Trey grabs a gun. <laughs> now, to be fair... 
there's like a lot of talking stuff said about like well ryan went there to kill trey i don't think ryan went there to kill trey i think he just wanted to wrestle with him until his emotions were gone i think ryan here's the thing i think ryan definitely believed it's so weird i think ryan thought he wanted to kill trey (laughs) i think ryan thought ryan thought he went there to kill trey but the scene i remember is that ryan like i think push Trey and the Trey picked up a gun and that was like the escalation I'm like holy I just think Ryan thought he wanted to kill him but really he just wanted to like wrestle him until the wrestling turned into hugging and crying <laughs> well we well we begin with the aftermath of like this scene where like it, oh it's it's all Ryan freaking out and it's all the like dialogue it, used over again and and the colors are weird and everything's a little bit blurry there's this one cop who's really aggressive and really looks like Richard Gere and really does not want Ryan to get help <laughs> yeah so the doctor's like uh someone needs to see this boy the, the, I, like, I i i guess i this is a weird thing. It was weird to me, but maybe it's the thing about more the reaction was. It's so weird, but it's funny the doctor is essentially, like, dealing with Trey, who has a gunshot wound, then turns around and goes, oh my god, what happened to your face? And I'm like, you're literally dealing with <laughs> the, a guy the with a gunshot, the, the gunshot <laughs> wound guy. Ryan doesn't look that bad. Well, Kevin, as you know, I work at the med school, so yeah. I'm basically a doctor. Yeah, sure. And in trauma situations, there are roles. Yeah. And so this doctor is not the primary doctor on scene. There is another doctor who's directly dealing dealing with Troy, but there's yeah. someone who has to like be aware of the situation and has to be aware of the bystanders. Bystanders. Yeah. And he is the one who sees Ryan. No, I'm. I know. I know. I understand. I mostly like his like horrified reaction to seeing Ryan's face. Just and felt then, like. Well, he wants help. But the police officer says, no, he'll get some medical assistance when he answers our questions. Do you also agree this officer's weirdly smug? Seeing as this officer does not know that Ryan is Ryan Atwood. Yeah, like. He has no reason to react that way. But this officer, like, I'm glad you also agree with it. He, like, he, one, number one, he looks like Richard Gere. True. Number two, he's weirdly aggressive to like, this boy. He, he reacts the way the characters later do who know it's ryan atwood who has all his problems this guy's just like clearly this boy is a murderer that's why he came with us (laughs) to the to the hospital anyway ryan looks past that cop and he sees marissa who's like oh yes i shot him because he was trying to kill my ryan's Ryan's like like, no (laughs) don't talk to him here's a guy i couldn't hear him i don't think ryan could either i think he just saw marissa and cop and was like don't say anything (laughs) no we need sandy well i know i think he was just like he was reverting back to like you know ryan from chino who's like don't talk to the cops yet well don't worry is the right choice because in comes Sandy and he says, "Are you okay? Are you okay?" Yeah. And then Ryan awakens from his memory dream. Yeah. It turns out it was all a dream. Well, it was a flashback, and we are months past Although now. It's very unclear at this point how much time has passed. I agree. At this point, it's very unclear. I was kind of hoping that Seth comes in now and he says that, like, "Oh, that lawyer guy is here." And I kind of thought I was like, "Oh, this is right afterwards." But look at how healed Ryan's face yeah. is. And this show, I'm like, this show keeps up on injuries. Yeah, I, I, I'm like, this probably is time has well, passed. Luckily, the next scene tells us immediately because Summer goes, "Huh, the weekend before Labor Day. Who could think our senior year could start so soon?" I, I was hoping it would be Seth, but fortunately, Summer was picking up the slack. There is a little bit of like weird. <laughs> whiplash here that feels like it feels it feels like the people who were writing back when the OC was not because OC did start out like it was always dramatic but it sort of had this lighterness near the like first season 
it's only like the first season writers were like, well, we got to put the scene where uh, Marissa and Summer chin up by the pool. And they're like, really? We're doing like a murder, like a, like an attempted murder thing here. You want to do them? Okay, they're chilling out by the pool, I guess. The pool they are chilling out by is Caleb's pool. Because against all odds, Julie and Marissa still live <laughs> in the castle. Well, I mean, uh, they uh, until that will gets read, as we learn that it hasn't been read yet, everything's sort of in limbo, I guess. And weirdly, even though Caleb told Julie to move out, Caleb moved out <laughs> and then died. Yeah, and he and I don't think he told anyone else that, that he told Julie to move out. Told Julie to move out. Anyway, they catch up the audience about how much time has passed, how everyone feels about things. Marissa is going to be charged with manslaughter probably tomorrow. <laughs> well, then Summer clarifies that that uh, Trey is in fact not dead; he's just in a coma. Ryan's been really, which means you can't be charged with manslaughter, Marissa. Don't worry about You're it. You're going to be okay. Ryan is really distant because he's all weirded out, but weirded out about the fact that he wanted to kill his brother but he didn't and he loves marissa but now because of marissa his brother's in a coma and it's really hard to be in ryan's head right now <laughs> Can i say right now marissa's saying all these things and when, when we see ryan react to her at all that's very clearly not what's happening <laughs> marissa just feels really bad and she hasn't been sleeping because um she shot a man i will also say summer probably feels bad because i have this re- i have this weird underlying feeling this summer Wish she shot him. Oh, I was going to say, Summer thinks it's her fault. Mm, no, I think Summer wish she had shot him. Well, you know what? If Summer did the shooting, everyone would be like, mm, she, she's, correct. She's very lighthearted about it. <laughs> like, and she's like very like flippant. And I'm just like, ah, Summer wish she had shot him. She really thought she would get there first. <laughs> Marissa, all I'm saying is that if I had shot him, I would have gotten rid of the gun. Marissa, if I had shot him, he would be dead. Dead men tell no tales, Marissa. <laughs> then you take a cloth and you wipe off the fingerprints and you throw the gun into the ocean. But after you take it apart and throw each individual piece. <laughs> and then we all run away. And one day, seven days later, someone will discover Trey's body. It'll be Jess. Remember that ghost we used to know? <laughs> See, but who will believe her? She's a ghost. And Marissa... That's how you get away with shooting a man. And we will never discuss her again. She is not on this show. (laughs) Because she has moved on. Her vile business complete. She has ascended to the upper hell. (laughs) The better hell. (laughs) She's done so good that she's in better hell. Oh, ghost Jess. All right. Well, hey, let's meet that lawyer who is... Sandy's... Mild acquaintance. Well, it's Timothy Am- Amundsen. Amundsen? Yep. 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 So, this is also known as Lassiter from Psych or King Richard from Gallivant. And uh, Sandy makes him the biggest travel mug of coffee ever <laughs> because he is not welping- welcoming this man to his home with a home mug. Well, he he's implying that he wants him to leave, maybe. Hard to say. I think Sandy is just falling apart now that Kirsten's not here. Well, the house is a disaster. <laughs> which Maybe? Timothy, well, there's pizza boxes in some places. Ah, uh, yes. Which Timothy comments on. Yep. And Sandy's like, Kirsten's on vacation. I'm pretty sure his name, he he gives us his name, something with a C, but I'm just going to call him either Lassiter or Timothy or King Richard. So King Richard is feeling very strongly about this trial. Well, well not no, no, you know, here's the weird thing. It's not just 
him. Like, he has this thing where it's like, oh, no, the DA has this real weird hatred for Ryan. So the DA, and thus King Richard, Mm -hmm. is convinced that Ryan did the shooting and Marissa is just covering for him. Because Trey almost raped Marissa, so of course Ryan would want to shoot him. Which ignores the the very clear motive. That Marissa might want to shoot him. (laughs) I like how no point they're like, because I kind of thought maybe the dramatic thing would be that, oh, she like, she did it on purpose. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't an action like Marissa wanted to shoot him. Yeah, no, it was premeditated or something. But no, they're just like, no, why would this woman who, who the guy tried to rape her want to kill him? What possible motive is that? Apparently, in 2006, women cannot (laughs) self-advocate. Only men can do it for them. I mean, (laughs) what I want to say is that if this is coming down from, like, the DA of Orange County, them just being like... Like, they can't even give motivation to real-life human beings. <laughs> They're like, like, no, no, you see, her her doing this is motivation for him. <laughs> she was raped, so he has to do a murder. The girl cannot do a murder. Well, and also, like, it's funny how this does, as Sandy says, this is very open and shut. Like, yeah. it, Sandy's it, basically like, Marissa confessed. That she shot him out of, like, like and she said, I shot him. To protect him because he was trying to kill him. And and yeah, you should ho- – the reason they can't do anything is they have to wait to see if Trey wakes up to get mm-hmm. any sort of thing out of him. Which is fair. But it's so weird to me that the DA is like, no, I want to get this boy. Well, I feel like from angles and from the crime scene, they should be able to tell that Ryan was under Trey when he got shot. Or at least like, that Mar- – Shouldn't Ryan have been splattered with his blood and Marissa – not splattered well, with his blood. Well, I'm pretty sure C- uh, CSI was on at the same time. Can they check her hands for gunshot residue? Well, they they do mention that his finger later that his fingerprints on the gun because he turned the safety on because he was like <laughs> that is Ryan. a <laughs> that is a gun. Ryan's like, oh dear, Marissa, no, no. <laughs> I'm gonna take this gun from you. <laughs> gonna deal with that. Um, yeah. So this is gonna be the thing now. I. <laughs> I think it it's, it's, it takes weird, it's a weird malicious turn. motivation from the DA of Orange County, the district attorney, to be like, yeah, screw this kid. And like, isn't He Marissa, don't belong here. Isn't Marissa already the bad one? Like, wasn't she arrested just last season they, for uh, someone overdosing in her house? I don't know. I thought they were also going to go with the route that they didn't want to persecute her because she's Caleb Nichols' daughter and... But they but, that's, that's never really brought up. It's really, really focused on, screw this Ryan kid. Which I thought we were all past, but what do I know? All right. So we're going to do a brief sidestep into a storyline that, in equal parts, <laughs> makes sense and is also insane. <laughs> it's, it, it, was a, it was a choice for them because Kirsten is at uh, rehab. rehab. And Kirsten is good. At rehab. She, it's helping her. She's telling jokes in the rehab circle. Everyone's laughing. Everyone's loving it. There's, Jerry Ryan is there. And Jerry Ryan Jerry, has feels. Let's be clear. Jerry Ryan is famous at this time, right? I don't... See, I don't know. Because <laughs> all I can... Because the this camera does this thing where it pans over from, like, the... Uh, the, the doctor. The, the doctor's running it over to curse it. And there's just Jerry Ryan in the background. And I'm just like... That's that's Jerry Ryan. Well, you know, well. it's it's hard to remember. It's hard to have like proper context of two thousand and six. 
Anyway, Kirsten. I mean, that, that's that would be like no, she no, she would be probably maybe not in that you know I mean, group because because like cause Star Trek's super old. Yeah, and she was well, Voyager. Yeah, no, she was seven of nine on Voyager. I don't know what we're talking about. She definitely had yeah, Voyager been, was definitely on. Never she mind. She definitely would have been famous by this time. <laughs> Since referencing, I think yeah. Seven has referenced Seven of Nine before. Voyager has definitely been on. Yeah. Anyway. No, she wasn't Voyager. She was... Seven of Nine is uh, the Scott Bakula one, isn't she? No, no. Seven the, of Nine is Voyager? Yeah, it's Voyager. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, Kirsten is doing so good at rehab, she has realized that all of her issues are centered around her dad and trying to be perfect for her dad, but never being good enough. She does say her dad was amazing, but difficult. And I'm like, really? I think he's just difficult show. But yeah, okay, Kirsten's but, blind. Yeah, no, I mean, that's that's fair. That's This whole thing is about conflicted feelings about family. But like, I'll tell you who does not have conflicted feelings. Jerry Ryan. Who's like, yes, I feel you, Kirsten. I also have a dad. <laughs> and I also feel angry at him. And I also drank a lot. Well... The doctor misses all of this. It's just like, Kirsten, I think you're ready to not be in rehab. I think you could go home. Now, you he does say you need to find a sponsor, which seems incorrect. Well, no, I, I think I think he I don't think he was saying you need to find like you need to find a sponsor. I think like, he was we saying need like to get you a yeah, sponsor. Like, like you will need a sponsor. And you need to go to group sessions, but you can do the work at home now, not Which is fair. Like re like Rehab is not something that you go in for months and months and months unless if you're yeah. really, really bad. And she was really bad, but if she's actually recovering well, and she's you don't want to stay been there, there for... for three or four months, I would guess. Yeah, yeah, I, I figure probably about that that time. So I can see him being like, "Yeah, you know what? You're doing good. Let's give you essentially probation." Is what yeah, it yeah. is. Go try out the real world. You're yeah. ready for the next step because you can't keep someone up in there forever. It's a sidebar to a montage of Ryan and Seth's depositions. They have to tell their story again. To prove that they weren't lying. Yeah. Um, Which is fair. That's yeah, how no, depositions that, that, work. Yeah, that's how it works. And he's actually, like, recording this time. And it's it's a real Guy Ritchie intercut where, like, Ryan's talking and then Lassiter asks a question. And then and, Seth answers his version of that same question. And then King Richard asks a question. And, <laughs> and then Ryan answers King Richard's question. And then Timothy Amundsen asks a question. And you're like, what? Who are these people? And then it all ends with Timothy, Timothy Amundsen saying... So you went to Trey's house to kill your brother, right? And, and, I'm, and I'm like, and Ryan's oh, like, this is what this, this episode's going to be about. This is why all this is happening. So Ryan can be like, did I want to kill Trey? And then he's like, no, I didn't. I thought I did, but the OC has taught me things. <laughs> he does say later that he thought he was going there to try to kill Trey. Anyway, that's all right. the montage. Let's meet our new old new villain. Hello, Julie Cooper Nichols. <laughs> Aaron, I have a question for you. I mean, no, you know what? Let's explain what's going first. Then I'll have my question for you. So, um, Timothy M- Amundsen is going to come to the Cooper Nichols house as well. Yeah. Jimmy is there because, of course, <laughs> he's he is. Because Jimmy's around now. <laughs> and he's very worried about the lunch he made. Yeah. Julie is worried whether or not she looks like the mom of a convicted felon or pretty. And then we learn her thing. See, Jimmy, or not Jimmy, Julie also believes that Brissa should just, you know, throw Ryan under the bus. She knows that Marissa did the shooting. Yeah. Oh, she believes it 100%. But 
but she thinks that it'd be better if Ryan went to jail. Because we could get Ryan out of here is her thing that she's saying. So I would question. And Jimmy's like, um, I thought we liked him now. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy, man, considering that Tate Donovan is not in this series anymore. He's we, on the show a lot. We get a lot of Jimmy action this episode. So much Jimmy. Like, like we get a lot of, like, Jimmy is conflicted about stuff. Jimmy is conflicted about this entire scene. But Julie is not. And so I do have a question for you, Aaron. Was, against all odds, was Caleb Nichols keeping Julie good? Or was it just a comparison? (laughs) Oh, yeah. So it's like when you see him next to each other, you're like, oh, no, she's not as evil. He's evil. And now he's gone. She's like, oh, no, wait, she is evil. But I thought she made Ryan do something for her last season. Like, I thought they came to a tenuous accord. Oh, no, they did many, many times. Like, uh, like there's a few times where essentially she's like, I guess Marissa really likes you. Well, you know what? Julie just likes Marissa more than she likes Ryan. I think what it is that that Julie actually feels... She does not feel sad about um, Caleb dying. Like, it's a very big... She's essentially like, I'm in the perfect state. My my um, my, my rich old my husband is rich dead. My husband, he, he did a die. And I'm still married to him, so I still get things out of his will. My young, dumb, manipulable husband is here, and I can do that. I have this big house. All I need to do is get rid of Ryan, and I'll be living the good life. I'm the hero of the story. So, Julie, perhaps... Is a sociopath. Oh, definitely. She cannot understand that others have emotions as long as she loses no face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, uh, Lassiter does arrive to talk to Marissa. <clears throat> so, Marissa, A, does not really want to talk to him. B, definitely does not want to talk to him without Summer. But they immediately kick Summer out. Because, yes. yes. But it also makes sense why Marissa wants to be there. Marissa is a scared teenager who shot someone. And her mom is very bad. Yeah, it's... it's it, uh, We don't get to see the deposition, but uh, Julie stays there, and Jimmy goes with Summer, and I'm like, ooh, ooh Marissa. choice. You did it wrong. <laughs> now, Marissa is told that she has to give the deposition because her previous statement lacks credibility. Which, fair, she was pretty distraught. Yeah, like, I I feel like they probably haven't talked to these kids since. I can't decide if Lasseter is, like... and I mean, this is kind of him as an actor. Yeah. I can't decide if he's supposed to be a good guy or a bad guy. I think he is just supposed to be... A man doing his job? Well, I think he's supposed to not... This is a weird thing to say. I don't think he's supposed to be seen as much of a character as more of just a representation of the force of the district attorney. That's fair. They didn't want to put... They didn't want to make it so the district attorney themselves was going around. That's why his entire introduction was like, hey, I'm doing this because of him, so that or that's the job I'm doing. So I don't think he is supposed to be much of a character, honestly. It's just weird because when he's like, your testimony lacks credibility, I was like... How dare you? And I was like, wait. <laughs> it does. Obviously. Clearly. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just, it's a weird, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what they're trying to do. All right. Well, uh, Seth had been trying to get Ryan to relax, but Ryan can't do it. So instead, they go see Trey. Because that's, that is so on brand for Ryan. Yeah. Like, never has anything been more on brand. But the, And they go see him for a grand total of about a minute until Ryan's like, right, he's just in a coma. I can't just stare at my coma, brother. <laughs> I gotta go. But as he leaves, <gasps> his pinky 
jerks up as if pulled by a marionette string. He is Ryan's brother. <laughs> he goes from zero to a hundred, yeah. No, he's a marionette. Oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, man, oh, maybe this is a Chino thing. So outside, Ryan has all of the feels where he's like, I did want to kill him, but also I would have been so sad if I killed him because he's my only family. And Seth is like, um, excuse me. And Ryan's like, no, I'm, I'm, just let me emote, Seth. No, 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 Seth, I know you are my family, but just in this moment, I just, let me do my thing. Sometimes I care about my dad and my brother and my mom. Every line of dialogue from Ryan is essentially could be boiled down to him grabbing the person he's talking to by the shoulders and just shouting, I'm conflicted! Being 17 is hard. I don't know how to do this. Maybe therapy? <laughs> Oh, wait, the show's anti-therapy. <laughs> Help. Well, I mean... I, the okay. show is anti-therapy. So anti-therapy anti pro-rehab? Yes. Okay. Because remember when Marissa went to therapy and it was like, oh, no, no very no, bad. No, that therapist was cool. What it was is that Marissa, that Julie wanted to send her off to, like, intense, out-of-state, like... True. Yeah, because the therapist was actually like, you, Julie, you don't have to send her away. She's doing... Fine. No, this is very pro-therapy because the only reason her therapy didn't work is because stupid Bolivar Trask was like, no, this therapy isn't working, dog. <laughs> Marissa, dog. This is how he talked, right? Marissa, dog. <laughs> you got to come with me, dog. Yo, your boyfriend sucks, dog. <laughs> oh, Bolivar Trask. I miss him. I yeah. miss Tyler Taylor Handley so much. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, Bolivar Trask is off in therapy and not just <laughs> not just has the option to not go to it anymore. He's just wandering the world, picking pretty girls with boyfriends and being like, "Why won't you love me? I'm such a nice guy." I told I told you you didn't need therapy. That's what you wanted to hear, right? I'm the original nice guy. Look at my fedora, <laughs> dog. <laughs> okay. Anyway. So so then as, we cut back to the room yeah. where Trey fully awakens. Yeah. <laughs> like the Terminator. Yeah. Just his eyes fly open. He's like, oh. <laughs> I think he surprises I am that he's not dead. <laughs> he's like, oh, this is not what I wanted. <laughs> oh, I thought I would be dead. <laughs> oh, dang it. Oh, I've done so many things. <laughs> oh, beans. Uh, <laughs> so I think the only reason why this is so jarring is because if you watch this on TV, there'd be a commercial break. But there's not. But we immediately go to Ryan and Seth playing baseball video games. It is the next day, and apparently the only video games they're they're allowed to play is baseball. Because Ryan now is like, I just don't want to do violence anymore. So lots and lots of banter, and then this scene will end, as the next three scenes will end, <laughs> with someone getting a phone call. Yep. In this case, it's Seth, and he finds out that Trey has awakened. <gasps> <gasps> I don't get the timing of Trey waking up and people going there, but so was, I'm just going to let it slide. I think Trey was awake in his hotel, in his hospital room all night being like, oh, oh no, no oh but, no. But Ryan and Seth were there during the day. They're, they're, they're during visiting hours. But this is definitely the next day. So did Trey just sit there being like, oh, oh, gotta pretend I'm dead. Uh, <gasps> who knows? Anyway. All right. Well, so we learned that Jerry Ryan is not, in fact, Jerry Ryan. So I think thought that Kirsten was waiting to get picked up. Oh, I did as well. Um, so Kirsten's waiting to get picked up. <laughs> is what we wrote down. <laughs> and Jerry Ryan comes in and is like, hey, I'm sorry I was a creep. 
But I love you so much, Kirsten. Yeah, so her name is Charlotte Morgan, and she's got a crush on Kirsten. She loves that they both have bad dads. I'm trying to figure out, if are they single white female in Kirsten? I'm genuinely not sure. I, I like, it is so conflict, like... I wouldn't put past the show just having Jer- uh, Charlotte just being like, um, no, I want you to be my friend or something. But it really feels like, no, because sh- when Sandy drives up, she's like, oh, husband. And then Sandy and Kirsten like canoodle and she full on evil eyes that canoodle. I'm like, oh, wait, <laughs> is, is, is this the plot line going to be her trying to kill does she want does she, Sandy or does she want Kirsten no, she, to herself? No, I mean, she clearly wants Kirsten, but, I, but I'm like, are we going to get a scene where Kirsten's friend Charlotte tries to kill Sandy? Probably. And then those poor sweet boys. <laughs> what, what a weird, what a weird job this show does with the, the those two's relationship. They just, Kirsten and Sandy just can't be... Can't be happy. What if we just insert a crush for Kirsten? <laughs> Kirsten had a crush last season, but now this season someone has a crush on her. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. So it turns out that Kirsten is not going home. Sandy's just coming for a visit. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just pretty interesting because... So Kirsten says, like, oh, I just don't know if the doctor will let me go yet. So it seems like Kirsten doesn't want to go home. Yeah, she's she does not trust the doctor that she's there. That becomes pretty clear later. Right yes. now, they just seem like a Ooh, family mysterious. full of lies. Well, and well, because at this point, Sandy gets the phone call, and he's just like, "Hello, oh, oh, I gotta go." And then he's like, "Kirsten, Seth says hello, goodbye, <laughs> goodbye." And we discover that they clearly have not told Kirsten now, about. And to be fair, which yes. to be fair, yes, good choice. <laughs> good, good. When when someone goes in for treatment like that, you do kind of have to just maybe lock them out. Don't tell them that their son, <laughs> that their pseudo adopted son, is... son's girlfriend shot his real life brother. <laughs> yeah, like she's already trying not to stress out and drink. Like so. That 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 is an appropriate thing to withhold from someone. My initial reaction was like, "Oh no, they're lying to each other so much." But then I was like, "But their lies are all completely, yeah, valid." Ugh, real life. Why are you so complicated? Why you got to be so complicated? Well, speaking of comp, now it's not really complicated. Marissa sits on a beach, I guess. I was puzzled by this scene. <laughs> I'm very glad you were as well. I didn't know how to approach it. I don't know what's happening. So, <laughs> Marissa is on a distant beach. I think it might be the beach near the lighthouse oh, I'll where t- she was raped. I'll tell you where this beach is. This beach is the same beach where they shoot the later scene as they're partying and then the scene at the end of the... So it's by her potential rape because that was also no, by the lighthouse. No, that one was near the... um. Uh, the dock. There's no dock here. This one essentially goes road into like cliffside and then rocks. So all this lighthouses is... or all lifeguard stands look the same. That's I mean, okay. I no, accept that. Yeah, there's a bunch of different lifeguard stands, but this one specifically. I mean, the weird thing is, I don't know if we're supposed to catch on that they're all the three same. They're the they're the same filming location for sure. Is this near Marissa's house, Aaron? This the, the OC is two blocks, is what I've learned. <laughs> 
So they get there. Ryan tells Marissa that Don't say they get there. Marissa is there and Ryan drives up. Yes. <laughs> Ryan tells Marissa that Trey is awake. They kind of are sad at each other for a while. And he's like, dude, we got to go. Our friends are waiting for us at the diner. Yeah. And then he puts Marissa in the car <laughs> and they drive away. Yep. That seems about right. So I just don't understand how she got there or why she's there or how Ryan knew she was there. I don't There's know either. There's a missing scene. <laughs> I... I don't Unless know either. this is by her house. I have a theory, but I don't want to bring this theory in until later. Okay. Yeah. So, um, sidebar, short scene, where Julie Cooper freaks the F out about Caleb's will. Oh, she wants that will read, but it's gonna be a while. Because they have not found Caleb's hidden offshore accounts yet. <laughs> <laughs> but Julie's like, you saw the will. How much money am I getting? I'm like, oh yeah, Julie, real, real classy. Will I get three million from the prenups? Will I get four? Will I get six? My favorite thing is Jimmy's in the background just start like you can see on his face just be like, I I'm regretting this. Like he he actually has an abundant amount of chill in this episode, and it is all just because he is freaking out inside his head. He's like, Why am I with her again? Why do I keep dating Julie Cooper? Well, he doesn't have time to think about it because it's time for him to get the call. Trey is awake. Why do they call him? <laughs> I don't know. Who called? The district I, district attorney, I guess? I, I mean, I assume it's Marissa, but I guess... Or is it King Richard? Mm, I'm assuming it's Marissa, and I and I, I don't... No, and you know what? Actually, if, I, if, if you think it's Marissa, it makes the most sense why is Jimmy getting called? Because she's yes. actually, like, freaking out to her dad. If it's King Richard... Then Julie should be getting that call. <laughs> if it's anyone other than Marissa, Julie should be getting the call. I guess Marissa would call her dad and be like, Dad, Trey's awake. What do we do? <laughs> Don't tell mom. And then hangs up. <laughs> Don't tell mom. <laughs> <laughs> then he tells her immediately. So the kids hang out. Maybe this scene should have come after the scene we're about to have. That would make so much more sense. Wait, what? Okay. So let's throw away the timeline. Yeah. So the kids are at the diner. Yeah. Summer has a brilliant idea. And Seth is like, oh, is it Christmas again? <laughs> I like that idea. Let's be clear. Here's what I say, want to say about Summer's idea. It's not an idea. It's a feeling she wants everyone to have. Summer would like everyone to have fun. Like, she's like oh, what do we do now? And she's like, oh, I have an idea. Like, um, Trey is, you know, is, is waking up and... Uh, <laughs> school's starting soon and we don't know what the future's gonna be the future is scary so we should be happy and I'm like Summer that's not an idea you just gave a wish but then you know who has an idea? <laughs> Marissa. Marissa so imagine if you will Ryan picks up Marissa on the beach yeah. they go to the diner Summer has her non-existent idea Marissa has her brilliant idea Marissa calls her dad, who is l with Julie at the Will place, and is like, hey, dad, Trey's awake. Everyone's real sad. Can we use your boat? I, yeah, I guess that makes sense. I fixed the show. Okay, it's going to get a little bit weirder in a little bit, but hey, they head out on Jimmy's boat, and all I can think of is you, your dad's had a lot of sex on that boat. I hope you guys have fun. Also, Don't touch anything. Also, my favorite thing is, like, I knew that that's how Jimmy got back, but I love the idea that he was often... Where was he again? Hawaii. Hawaii. Where he's just like in Hawaii. Here's Caleb's diet. 
hops on his boat and sails across the ocean. And somehow manages to reach Newport at the exact same time as Haley, who <laughs> takes a plane from Japan. I don't know why that's so funny. We'd imagine <laughs> Jimmy sailing across the ocean being like, I'm going to get my wife back. I just appreciate the throwback to boat boy, Jimmy Cooper. Still a boat boy. Yeah, but now, now we have this pretty extended scene that's essentially just four teens having fun we and emotions. We do some cute stuff, you know, Summer and Seth flirt, he makes a semen joke, yep. you know, like, see. No, I got it, I got semen. it. I got semen. it. Yeah. Summer does not appreciate it. Yeah. Ryan and Marissa try to be okay and try to talk about being okay, and then they're like, maybe we just are? Yeah, essentially Marissa's like, hey, I feel like there's problems going on, and Ryan is like, I do not. So I'm going to take this conversation <laughs> in a weird way. Okay. I feel like most of the actors have grown up a lot over the summer. Like, yeah. the kid actors, they all became adults. Yeah. Because, like, Ryan looks so much older. His face is, like, really slimmed out. Yeah. Marissa's hair is so much longer. And we see Marissa and Ryan kissing at the um, lifeguard stand. Yeah. And I have a question. Has Marissa always been taller than Ryan? Um. Because she's a good, like, two inches taller than he is. I... And she's wearing flats. I don't know because she wears, like, heels and flats all the same time that I don't... I don't cannot comprehend their heights. They just all grew up so much. All I knew is that summer Rachel Bilson is short. She is. It's true. It's a cute scene. The end. Goodbye. So what I was thinking, I was saying earlier, is that I thought that potentially this whole, like when they first shot all these party, not on the party scenes, but like these having fun scenes, that led into the scene where Marissa's sitting there and like... Reflecting? Uh, reflecting, like like the idea being that they spent the night. Because the scene kind of ends with implying that Ryan and Marissa are going to have sex in that. Yeah, yeah. And the idea that since you see the boat, but this beach is clearly the same beach where he picks her up from later, is the idea... But no, he does pull up at the beginning of that scene. Yeah, he does. Hmm. Guess that, it's just the same shooting location. Yeah, they definitely couldn't have the fun before... Well, because I, I thought the idea being that, like, the original thing was that they had fun because I don't know if Trace will wake up. And because, and let's be honest, this whole f- let's have fun thing could have happened at any moment. Yeah. But he does pull up. So yeah. I would hope that he does not just leave Marissa at that beach. <laughs> yeah. Or he or maybe went off to get his car. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Well, meanwhile, in a very different show that might be a horror movie. Trey is sleeping soundly in his bed. Julie Cooper wears impractical shoes and tries to execute an impractical plan. And I refuse to participate in this nonsense. Julie arrives and I thought she was trying to bribe the nurse. But no, she was just vaguely threatening her by being like, my dead husband donated a lot of money to this hospital and he did a lot for nurses and... Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I refuse to participate in this nonsense. All right. Uh, well, let's continue on. Because after that whole threatening go- happens, Julie goes in and then <laughs> vaguely threatens, but then actually does bribe Trey uh, by being like, Hey, Trey, I'll give you $20,000 if you roll over on Ryan. Never has anything made me more mad. <laughs> I'm confused how Julie was the first person to get there. It's been a day. <laughs> it is nighttime when she arrives. She arrives while the um, the party's happening, I guess, is the idea. And poor, sweet... <laughs> She's standing over him with a pillow. I 
you know, I know Trey's not good. No. I know he, well, no. I know that Trey did a bad thing. And I understand that we are our actions. Yeah. We are We are not only our actions. And I have never felt more terrible for a fictional human being being caught up in a world than Trey being in the OC. They they did a real good job of like having having very in-depth and complicated characters. And one of the ways to do this is by having Julie be just worse than Trey. So you're like, oh Trey, no. But do you remember when Julie was good last season? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Once again, it's just it's just because she was standing next to Caleb. It's like you're asking, like, hey, is is did Marissa get taller? I don't know. Maybe only standing next to Ryan. Who can tell? Everything's in a comparison. So the next day, Seth and Ryan are watching Teen Wolf. I assume Sandy said, you don't go see Trey. Please don't. Please don't go see Trey. You're just going to muddle the legal waters. Yeah. Because Sandy does come in and is like, so... Things... Trey woke up and did lie. He told, well, he, well, here's that Sandy being a lawyer is like, well, so he told the police that you shot him. And then he asked Ryan, like, okay, tell me, like, like, you know, tell me, like, tell me, like, is it like what happened? Tell me. And Ryan's like, what does it matter now? And I'm like, Ryan, no. The thing is, there's one thing we know about Ryan. Ryan is unable, like (laughs) physically, morally, legally unable to tell a lie. Well, well, no, but he, but that's the, I mean, we know that and Sandy knows that. But in this scene, when it went, it was like, like, Ryan leaving is Sandy's like, well, I mean, but I already know that he didn't do it. I just wanted him to say it, but sure, I guess just be like, oh, what does it matter, Ryan? But Ryan's like, don't you know I'm constrained by a witch's curse? No, but that would be him telling the truth. Do you not know that I cannot lie? No, he, no, I'm not tell- saying Ryan should lie. I'm saying he saying that he doesn't even tell Sandy the truth. He no. just says at this moment, ah, what does it matter? Ryan has already told him the truth. That's why Ryan's mad. Yeah. Because he is physically incapable of lying. <laughs> And so he's saying, don't you understand? I'm physically incapable incapable of lying. I could not have lied to you before. Why don't you trust me? <laughs> I mean, really, it's just that Ryan uh, d- d- does not believe in himself. Ryan, he does not. He does not trust authority, as as we have learned on this show. Authority is not great to Ryan. Uh, yeah, Ryan should not trust Ryan, authority. <laughs> yeah, if there's anyone in the show who should not trust authority, it's Ryan. Authority hates him, just like on nature for no reason. Like when a wolf sees a goose, they're just like, I don't like that. <laughs> so essentially, Ryan is saying by leaving, "What's the point? I can tell you the truth. I can tell you a lie. I'm going to go down for this anyway." Yeah, I just don't want him to give up. Hey, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. What made you happy this week? Watermelon flavored hay, y'all. Okay. Hey, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. What are you drinking this week? <laughs> Watermelon flavored hay, y'all. <laughs> Kevin. Yeah. There are like some very good things happening in my personal life right now, but I don't want to jinx them by talking about them on a podcast. No, that's fair. So this drink. 
Yeah. It's like a watermelon alcoholic iced tea. Yeah. Southern iced tea. Dad bought them for me from his work because, you know, yeah. he's in the industry. That's what he does. <laughs> the liquor store industry. It's good. It does not taste like alcohol. Delicious. I went to mom's house, as you know, and she gave this to me for the podcast. Oh, good. I'm pretty happy about it. I can't tell them. We don't do that anymore. <laughs> well, it's still a good drink, and you still do it. Still Fine. a good drink. There's no rules here. I can do anything I want. Yeah. Hey, Kevin, what brought you joy this week? Well, mine's also an ad <laughs> <laughs> for me uh, on uh, the 31st. That was I released, yesterday. That was for us right now. For those who are listening, if you listen to this on the day it came out, it was on Friday. The 31st. If you're listening to this in future, we are referring to May 31st, 2019. Yeah, there we go. Uh, I released the first part of a novella serial. It's a fantasy adventure. Uh, and it's very stressful uh, to be doing something <laughs> like it, it, this. This one is self-published because... It's not of a publishing scheme that publishers do. Because it's not the 1800s and you're not Charles Dickens? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, I mean, because you do get novella serials and you do find them popping up in magazines, but they're mm. very rare and they they require a lot on the side of the publisher do, mm -hmm. to do this. So usually it's like an established person doing that. Uh, so what I did... It says that for the next five months, on the last Friday of every, every month, so pretty much every four weeks, yeah. um, there will be a new novella coming out in this ongoing adventure for hey. uh, season one, is what it is. Hey, Kevin, how do I get it? Because I want to read this novella. Well, this first part is called City of Revels. It's available on Amazon. It's an ebook uh, right now. That's how it's going to say for now. Because, you know... <laughs> Figuring so I can these things out. Buy it for my e-reader. You buy it for your e-reader. You can even read it uh, using uh, the free Kindle apps that are, you can get on phones. Or so you can I can read it on my iPhone. Yes, you can. Can uh, I read it on my computer at work? <laughs> yes, you can. I mean, I won't read a book at work. No, you should. You should <laughs> do that. Read a book at work. You don't need to work. No. You only need stories. But I need a job so I can keep buying the stories. Mm, it's, on the last Friday of every month. Yes. Well, it's two ninety nine on uh, Amazon. That's uh, that's U.S. pricing. So. Ooh, so I'm gonna have to pay three forty seven. Four oh two. Oh God. Yeah. I mean, Our it'll dollar change. Is weak. It, it will. It will change as the exchange rate changes. <laughs> so. <laughs> Canada. Canada. Our dollar is something. <laughs> well. So yeah, so it's City of Rebels. It's part one of the All, All Gods Fall series. Uh, yeah, it's a fantasy adventure through a strange world of magic and fallen gods. And oh, it was a lot of fun to write. And it's a very interesting process to do. So I hope it goes well. So I can do a season two. Ooh. Yeah. So here's a disaster scene wherein Julie Cooper is celebrating because Trey flipped, and Jimmy Cooper is immediately suspicious of <laughs> the situation. Jimmy figures it out real fast. Can I say that this episode has some great moments of people just knowing what other people are up to? Oh, he looks at Julie and he's like, Marissa would never lie when it comes to Ryan. <laughs> and I just like Jimmy, just like, Jimmy's reaction to this is that he, you can see it on him. He just feels icky. Yeah, he's just uncomfortable about and, this. And he's like, I'm really trying to live my best island life, 
but I came back to the OC and remembered why it's terrible. Julie, you just keep harshing my buzz. He does look at Julie and he's like, you do realize that Marissa, being Marissa, would not go to jail. But Ryan Atwood's <laughs> entire future will be ripped away from him. But the Jew was like, what about Marissa's future? What's going to say on her? What does he say on her? Like, at colleges will not accept him. College application. And Jimmy's kind of like, oh, I feel like she could write a really good personal essay about overcoming adversity and like, you know, making a mistake and uh, overcoming it. Yeah. Oh, no. I, th- I think like... I feel like I feel like there's certain be, colleges that would that would not not love her, but be like, like, oh, look at this girl go. She fought back against her rapist and then had to grapple with doing something that was arguably as bad. This is this is something like something you'd see on a TV show. Oh, oh, exciting! Also, I don't think Marissa's planning on going to college. Yeah, I don't know what Marissa's plan for the future is because because let's be clear and this is kind of a thing of the writing the only thing i know that she really really likes is ryan and fighting with her mom yeah like i don't... i genuinely think that marissa will grow up to be her mom because yeah. she loves she loves to plan events yeah and, and this thing she could do like marissa if i had to think what would marissa do like well w- yeah if, like you know what would she do it would actually not be a college or university thing it would be she would be opening a business yeah absolutely because she so to I guess be fair, she, I guess she you could, pulled together that bonfire amazingly. She pulled every single one, every single event that goes on at the school. She apparently does in like two days by so, herself. By herself. Uh, so I guess you could go for like a business degree, but she could just entrepreneur her way. And like she's wealthy enough that she can just get in somewhere. It's fine. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, then Marissa comes out and she can't sleep because she's worried. And then Julie. It's like she do- cannot comprehend how Marissa would actually react to this. She's like, Marissa, I have such good news. I'm like, do you not know your daughter? And then Marissa looks at Jimmy and is like, what could this good news possibly oh, and be? And Jimmy's like, yeah, and it's bad news for Ryan. <laughs> Scene. Scene. Scene, smash cut to Summer and Seth standing <laughs> looking at the pool house with all closed <laughs> blinds. For the... <laughs> It's very rare that blinds are closed in that pool house. So, I mean, they know something's going on. And I just like how it's the scene of Summer and Seth staring at pool house being like, what does Ryan like? What do we do? There's a great line where Summer's like, maybe we should bring him food. What does Ryan eat? <laughs> and Seth very aptly says, dry cereal from a box and black coffee. <laughs> Which is not inaccurate. No, no, like I... What do we do? This mysterious man who entered our life three years ago, what do we do to make him happy? Could they buy him something? Well... Probably. Money is no object, but... Well, they could just wait until Marissa arrives. Because she bursts right into that pool house. And Ryan is doing what we all knew Ryan was doing. Ryan is packing a bag. (laughs) Getting ready to run away, which he does at least once a season. They're just doing it real early this time. And Seth's like... But we love you. <laughs> but instead, Marissa is like, no, you're not running away. You're sailing away, and we're all doing it. <laughs> I have to steal my dad's boat like again. Just, I can't believe she just voluntold Summer and Seth. By the way, you're helping me aid and abed this criminal. They're very into it, though. Yeah. They like it. Seth loves boats, and Summer will do anything her friends do. So Summer just wants to stick her middle thing, finger up to authority, so yeah. she'll do anything that's anarchy. Perfect. 
So we have a short dumb scene wherein Charlotte convinces Kirsten that she's not ready to make it in the outside because will the doctor be there when Kirsten's in her kitchen at midnight looking for rubbing alcohol to drink? No. I, I think Charlotte might be the new Bolivar. Well, because Kirsten has never been a rubbing alcohol in the middle of the night alcoholic. No. I'm not even sure if Charlotte is. Nope. And then Charlotte tries to be like, oh, I didn't mean to say that. Oops. But she did. Maybe you should stay for a little while longer, dog. With me. <laughs> dog. Why are you calling me dog? I don't know. It just feels like a thing that I do. It's just how I show friendship. So the cops arrive for Ryan, but he's gone. Ooh. And then Julie's at her house, and Marissa's gone. Ooh. And I'm like, yeah, this really worked out for you, didn't it, Julie? Yeah, way to go. Way to go. You didn't think this would happen? <laughs> How could you pa- Don't tell your daughter. No, clear- Don't tell her till it's too late. No, clearly your daughter would be cool with this. Even if, like, even if Julie genuinely thought that Ryan did the shooting, which she didn't. She no. knew it was Marissa. Yeah. But even if Julie genuinely thought that Ryan was doing the shooting... And then Marissa was clear, like, it just... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Anyway. I mean, it makes sense, but it's hilarious for Julie. Well, we learned about the extent of this plan, and it's not well thought through. It is the most teenage plan that has ever teenaged, akin with, I'll throw a party, and I'll make the guy I like drink a lot, and I'll drink a little bit, and then he'll want to kiss me. I d- they have, like, one cooler and a bag, and they're like, well, we'll go to Catalina, then wherever we want. And I'm like... Y'all are fugitives. And then Ryan's like, you guys could get in a lot of trouble. I don't want you to have to do this. Chris is like, oh, it's not forever. Just until we can look. What do you think is happening here? Well, Marissa thinks from Catalina or anywhere, they'll convince Trey to flip on his flip. It's just, it's just a, such a funny, like, these, t- I mean, it's a very, like, teenage the most teenage I'm more surprised that Ryan's going along with it. Like, Seth and Summer and Marissa, sure. But Ryan is being like, no, this seems about right. After Ryan saw how living in the uh, model home worked out, you'd think he'd know better. <laughs> Don't listen to Marissa's plans. Well, it doesn't go out anyway. So the cops immediately get there. Because Jimmy's like, they're on my boat. <laughs> I know where they'll be. I'm a dad. <laughs> they're on the sex boat. So, Ryan and Sandy have a little meeting in the meeting room at Juvie. It's a very familiar talk. Ryan talks about how he has no options in his life. Sandy's very sad. Because for some reason, everybody who's who's in charge of anything hates me. Sandy, I can't be good. It's... It, I... It, the way they treat him makes me feel like the Atwoods should be, like, some domestic terrorist family. Like that... a notorious crime. Like the Mafia. The no. Atwoods are the leaders of the Mafia. No, they're just some, sh- some like, schlubs from Chino that are, that are you know, not great. But not so as they're like, oh, it's them Atwoods again. That no one has ever heard of. Them Duke boys are at it again. So, uh, now we have some hijinks. It's the return of the candy stripers. So Marissa and Summer wear their candy striper outfits. Can- Marissa, uh, sorry, Summer immediately gets called out on only candy striping for mischief. Well, <laughs> well, no, the nurse is like, I haven't seen you in like two years. I love this nurse and I love this scene because, yeah, the nurse calls her out. And what does Summer say? Well, it's really hard for me to candy stripe because I keep getting sick. So now they put me on gunshot victims because I can't catch a gunshot. And there's this beat where the nurse stares at Summer like, 
what are you? And then she goes, oh, right, it's summer. Okay, you know, that seems about right. <laughs> what gunshot victim would you like to see, Summer? <laughs> yeah. Pick a gunshot victim, Summer. <laughs> Your choice. Well, the victim she picks is Trey. And in goes Marissa. And this is the first scene of two that almost made me cry during this episode. Trey is... This Trey is destroyed. And this scene is a great, like, acting scene. On on uh, the actor for here's the, the actor who plays Trey makes some really weird physical choices sometimes like I, his waking up is really weird and jerky. But now that he's stuck in this bed, um, but like his, his the way that face. he emotes is great because he has this scene where he's looking at Marissa and he rattles out a whole bunch of excuses that clearly he doesn't even believe. He's like, "No, I I did it for you," and then he's like, "Oh no, that's not really." What, but uh, essentially, what it boils down to is he didn't take Julie's money for the money. And he didn't take Julie's money because he thought she was going to kill him. He decided to do this because he wanted to figure out how to make this right. And the only thing he could really land on was, if I stop her from getting in trouble, I've made what I did. And he knows he doesn't make it well, right, but he's trying to make it right. Well, the thing is that I don't know if I actually agree with him saying that he did it for her. I think the more real moments when he was like, I wanted to get out of here. I wanted a way out of the life that I am in right now. And the really? only way that I could see doing it was take... Because the, the way that he says it makes it sound like he's being... He's like... First, he pleads essentially for like... It's like it's, like, it's almost like... What do you call it? The uh, steps of grief. Um, where he's like... Where he's like, oh, no, I, like, I did it for you. And then he goes through these sequences of of being like... Well, he says he's trying to protect her, and he says he's trying to do all of these things. But then, when what he ends with his last statement is is that he is, wants I a way to out. make it no. He's, his last statement is I want to make it right. I which could be viewed as I want out, like I want something better. No, because remember the way that way that it goes is he says I wanted a way out, and she gave me a way a way to do it, which prompts Marissa to say no. Marissa who? says, "Do you want to make it?" Yeah, she says who, but then she goes back to if you want to make it right, you yes. need to come clean. Yeah, yeah. She. I think. I mean, I I think that maybe that's the great thing about this scene is yeah. it could go either way. But what really stuck for me is that he wants to do something. Right. Well, I, I thought that since because of see where he goes, that like he, the big thing he wanted, he wanted to get out. He wanted to get out of this show. <laughs> you know what? Either way, it still actually, works. What I one thing I do like about this scene, I think, <laughs> think is actually kind of funny, is when he's like when he says, um, "I you know I wanted a way out," and then she gave me one. He's like, "Who is it?" And he says, "Your mom." Marissa isn't angry. She's just like. <sighs> She's course. like, obviously. Yeah, no, that makes sense. <laughs> I am actually upset that I didn't figure it out earlier. All right, well, <laughs> here's how you can make it right, Trey. So we have another short, great scene where Sandy has compelled Jimmy Cooper to meet him at a bar. <laughs> and he talks to his old best friend, Jimmy. And he's like, hey, Jimmy, why do you suck? <laughs> yeah, Jimmy is drinking at a bar, regretting coming back to this show. And uh, uh, his response to why do you suck is, my life's really hard, Sandy. And Sandy's like, whoa, my wife is in rehab. My adopted son is in jail. Let's talk about whose life is hard now, Jimmy. Actually, can we just take a moment here and say that Sandy, the line he says here, he knows Kirsten doesn't want to come home. Oh, yeah, he yeah. saw that. Yeah, he, he says, I have a wife who doesn't want to come, like, leave rehab, who doesn't want to come home. And I'm like, oh, Sandy knows. <laughs> Which, of course he knows. And, of course, he's not going to push her because 
she's in rehab. Yeah, he's going to let her make that decision yeah, on his but, own. <laughs> but I but I love this little moment where it just reveals that once again, everybody in this show now knows what's up with everybody else. <laughs> yeah, everyone's like, figured out who everyone is. Jimmy immediately figures out that Julie did this. Marissa is like, "Oh, of course it's Julie." <laughs> Sandy's like, "My wife doesn't want to leave rehab clearly. Clearly she's been clearly the doctor said you're ready to go. You're ready to go. So he that's why he went there, I imagine. Yeah, but he's not going to push her. Exactly. But Jimmy's like, uh. And he tries to make an excuse where he's like, well, I didn't know that she was doing a bribe until it was too late. And I gotta do what's right for my family. And Sandy's like, no, dude, no. This weird thing where Sandy's like, what's right for your family? And I thought he was going to say, Jimmy, you just left because you were sad. But instead he's like, Jimmy, you came back because your ex-wife got their husband died. Yeah. Settle down. S- simmer down, Mr. Righteous. Then Sandy gets another call. Because that's his entire life. So um, this scene is meant to represent what the call is. Yeah. And it's Marissa giving Julie Cooper Trey's written confession. Well, a copy of the confession. Yeah, that, uh... <laughs> well, I mean, she could have given her the original and given the police the copy. Either way. No, I think she did give her the original because hers is in blue pen. Yeah. Which is a weird thing to do. Either way, Trey's like, yeah, no. Marissa did the shooting. And Julie's like, well, your future. Do you know what you've done? And Marissa's like, please stop. Mother. Doing things. I've been on this show for three seasons now. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Yeah, shut up, Julie. So Ryan is free. And he does a Ryan and I mean, he doesn't robo run to the to the hospital, but he essentially robo run, robo runs to the hospital. Yeah, but Trey's not there. No, but Trey's... he but he but he knows he has to be somewhere. And so. there's only one way out of Newport, the Greyhound station. And Ryan, gets... I thought he ran there. <laughs> well, he may have run. No, because he gets a ride to the Greyhound, so he must. Have... Well, because we well, I assume he didn't run there because he runs up. But we do see Sandy there just walk out later. We so... also see the car drive up. He must have been writing. No, maybe. I often miss things because I'm writing. Anyway, he gets to the bus just as it's about to leave, and he stands outside the bus, and he looks at his brother, and his brother looks at him, and then they bro-wave at each other, and then Sandy comes up and hugs Ryan, and Ryan doesn't even use his arms. He just needs a hug so bad, (laughs) and then I cried. Do you see where Trey was heading off to? No. Las Vegas. Oh, Trey. Where Jess was going. Oh, Trey. Though that might just be an unrelated thing, because Jess is has moved on to the next plane of existence. She is in the better hell. But that's remember that's the last thing we saw with Jess. She was going to take that money, go to oh, Las yeah. Vegas after she stole her dad's Beamer. That's right. Yeah, I was too busy crying, crying for Ryan. No, I wanted to see exactly where he was going, and he was going to Las Vegas. Well, we let's catch up with some other people. So Kirsten is watched by Charlotte at the door, and I don't know what the expression is on Charlotte's face. But it's coming. Like, Kirsten's crying over a photo of her and her family, and, and Charlotte's just sort of like, yes, sadness. Do that cry. Uh, then we head off to that same beach again. And Ryan and Marissa are very sad and very sweet, and Ryan tells a story about this one time that Trey ran away and Ryan just sat up all night not knowing where his brother was. Yeah. Once again, they do a real, real good job of, like, conflicted character. Like, Trey is outwardly not a good person, but you can see why it's so conflicting for Ryan. And you can kind of... You can 
empathize with Trey. Yeah. You can understand why he makes the bad decisions he makes. Yeah. Even if they're not admirable decisions and even if they're not the decisions that you yourself would make. Well, it's why you would never call Trey a villain. No. You would call Julie Cooper a villain. You would call Caleb Nichol a villain because he does things that no human individual would ever do. <laughs> and Julie Cooper does things for her own selfish reasons. Which human individuals and would do, w- but... W- well, and ones that are ones that are actively harmful to someone else based on very little... Like, essentially her thing is being like, but Marissa might have slightly harder time because of this, but I could also just get Ryan arrested. And the thing I could ru- I could ruin this child's life. And the thing with Trey is Trey is thoughtless. Trey impulsive. Impulsive. He is self-destructive. But I don't think Trey ever actively sets out to hurt another party. Well, I was talking to some people about like what villains and antagonists are and what those mean, and I always say the villains come down to the idea that that a villain is someone who is their way out it's an internal villains are internal it's an internal thing mm-hmm. and you can see how an environment created Trey and the cool thing about Trey is you take Trey and Ryan and you can see how they both were essentially brought into a certain way but then because of how the last three years essentially go and the fact that Trey's been there longer obviously yeah and I mean poor Trey in prison yeah like Ryan could have ended up like exactly like Trey yeah, if Ryan had actually gone to Juvie and had yeah. not met with Sandy and had had the interactions that Trey clearly had in prison. Because remember when we saw him in season one he yeah. was all beaten up? Yeah. Like, 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 like tr- it doesn't excuse Trey's actions. No, but, but it, it makes you understand his actions. It, it makes him potentially redeemable. Yes, whereas Julie is garbage. Like We've talked about it with Alice. Um, mm-hmm. Of of like but now of being redeemable. Well, hers is because they 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 revealed that she was actually a double agent. Essentially, yeah, they retconned her garbage. They, they they did the double agent turn. That does not change her thing from the first season, though. And I still am... or the second season. Yeah. it only excuses her actions this season. Yeah, and barely because I don't think she needed to do all of that. <laughs> but there are certain things where sometimes characters. Yeah, it's weird in shows, and redemption is a very deep and intricate thing of doing, like, human redemption and character redemption, and it's a it's a very complicated topic that we cannot do because you have to get to a show. But it would be super interesting to see a TV show from Trey's perspective. Yeah. Grappling with the things he has done. Yeah. yeah. In do. D&D games, I always like playing villains who are trying to be good people yeah. because it's a fun exploration. But I do have to go to a play. I have to go see um, Ishmael and the madness of Captain Ahab. Ooh. Ooh. So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. Throughout this episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where Logic went to the beach and had a fun, cool party? Only to walk out into the bright light of day and be smacked in the face with drama. Okay. It did. And my moment is actually a scene I really, really liked. Yeah. But it literally did nothing to progress the plot at all. Okay. It was, what does Ryan eat? Dry <laughs> cereal from a box and black coffee. The problem is, is the OC. The OC is pretty tight. Like, yeah. most scenes have to be there. Yeah. This scene was literally only there for 
Seth and Summer banter. Yeah. In case we forgot that they're so well suited well, for each other. Or maybe to add some levity to a, an episode that is pretty heavy. But to be fair, we had just had the Teen Wolf scene and we had just had the fun beach party. That's true. So. Yeah. I mean, I did like the scene. It's weird because usually Snowy moments are me being like, this was dumb. Yeah. But I don't know. This was tough. What did you pick? Well, if I were the OC, uh, you tend to have, like, you can explain away a lot of things for certain reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one, actually, I think I know why it's the way it is. Um, but it is, the, it is the scene that, ma- that the content of the scene is fine. <laughs> it was where it took place. Ah. And that is when Marissa is sitting on a beach somewhere and Ryan rolls up, and I don't know, and then he drives her. So I don't yeah. know if this is near the castle. Like, how, why, who, to what end? I'm, a, here's the, I'm assuming it's why near... Why setting? I'm assuming because it's always Marissa's there, I'm assuming it's near the castle. But, like, they take a boat, and I guess they take the boat out, and they come back. The, the only thing is, I guess it has to be near the castle. The reason that I think that that scene happened there is because they were shooting the other scenes there. And they're like, let's just do let's this. Let's use the location for this thing as well. Well, and Marissa does hang out at the beach at the lighthouse a lot, doesn't she? Well, the usual beach oh, place the other lighthouse. is by That's the right. dock. We already went through this. Yeah, the us- and, and you keep saying lighthouse. I know. I mean lifeguard stand. Yes. No, I mean, all lifeguard stands look the same. No, the one you're thinking of is by the bait shop. Because she hangs out there all the time. It's the same one where Ryan thought she ran into the sea. And it's also where Trey accosted her, isn't it? Yeah, that's the drunk beach. Oh. Yeah, that is the beach they go when they're drunk. This has to be by the castle then. Like, there's no other reason. Yeah, because the the important thing about the beach also where um, uh, where Trey uh, Trey assaulted her is that that beach actually had civilization behind it. This right, because be- we could this, see that. This beach ends. This is the end of a beach. It goes into rocky ground. Well, I guess that makes sense. That'd be by the castle. I guess it's by the castle, but it just, if at the time we just felt to, we were like, so did he call her and tell her to go there? And... Maybe they ran out of time to film at the house and they were just like, okay, we'll just move the scene. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's that. Uh, well, hey, we're back in the OC and it is. Better? We, we've seen a few plot lines get set up, I guess. There's going to be that real weird one with Jerry Ryan. <laughs> I will say I have no idea where this season is going with the children. Yeah, I mean they them kids are fine. They have senior year, but they got nothing going on. Yeah, the comic book's done. The tray is done. The whatever happened in the first half of the season is done. <laughs> Jess has ascended. Although I guess Ryan has a secret baby. Maybe. Oh, I guess yeah. That's got to come. Oh, that yeah. That was just like played very lightly this yeah. season too. That's got to come up this season. Yeah, that's because secret baby. That baby's now a few months old. Its hair could be blonde, or it could have an Eric Bell fortune. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you'll know. That's how you'll know. That's how you'll know. Well, hey, uh, if you're happy that the OC is back, let us know. Uh, you can give us a rating, a subscription. Uh, whatever the things you are on the many things you listen to us through, that includes Apple Podcasts. iTunes is, is gone. They're discontinuing iTunes. Oh, so it's just Apple Podcasts it's just now. Apple Podcasts. Oh, that's going to be a hard transition. <laughs> yeah, well, as we know, there were people who were putting all their MP3s. This episode referenced iTunes. Seth won his deposition to be put on iTunes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you want to find us. Or, like, directly tell us with your words with yeah. Twitter or Insta- Instagram, both Podcast MOA, Podcast MOA, or tell us more thoughts. Explain to us why that scene took place on that beach by emailing us at podcastmoa at gmail.com. And if you say, 
that it's just because it uh uh it's uh, where the castle is. I want more exciting answers. Yeah, I want, we already know that. I want better things. <laughs> Tell us things we don't already know. And we'll see you next week. What is Charlotte's preoccupation with Kirsten? What will Julie get in the will? Can we look forward to seeing Jess join the PL as a ghostly new sidekick for Luke? For answers to all this and more, join us next week on Mystery, Outsiders, and Abs. A teen drama fan cast? <laughs> <laughs>